0: Hello and welcome to the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. This is your host, Ralph Burns, and this is episode 330. This is the show where we share cutting-edge strategies on acquiring leads and sales for your business through paid traffic, not just Facebook, but all kinds of paid traffic, as well as how to convert that traffic once they click your ad with tips on landing pages, sales page, copy, offer creation, you name it. It's the place you want to be to figure out how to scale and grow your business, especially in today's challenging environment. So today's conversation is an interesting one between Kasim and myself, where we are talking about the future of traffic, not just paid traffic, but the future of traffic. This is a two-parter. This is part one, and we get into some pretty ninja stuff here, but also taking a step back and a 30,000 foot view of what is happening in our environment. The thing that most of us are probably here for is paid advertising, paid traffic, and that landscape has drastically changed in the last six months or so. However, the best marketers are the ones that can respond and adapt and come up with solutions, and that's what we're gonna be talking about today in today's show. In this first part of a two-part series, on the future of traffic. So thanks again for being a part of the Perpetual Traffic community. Get settled in for today's show and we're gonna get right into it after this short break. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wilders and the authors of Reputation King – using reputation management make sure that you register for the april 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash pt hello and welcome to the perpetual traffic podcast this is your host ralph burns and this is episode 330 and i'm now back virtually alongside my awesome co-host kasim aslam how you doing buddy i'm living the dream ralph as always Every day is just better than the last one, right? Is that sort of how it works in Cosm's world?
1: Yeah, and if it's not, you lie to yourself and kind of make it true until you end up in a bathtub full of gasoline, lighting
0: matches, and you have to confront (laughs) some—you have to confront some darkness. But (laughs) until then, seal the windows, turn on the gas and the the stove. No, we don't go down that road. That's that's a bad road. No, no, no. Things are good. Things are good. I mean, we've we've taken some punches here the last six months. Here as a social media and marketing, digital marketing agency, you as a Google agency. And I think one of the things that we talked about when we actually saw each other face to face in the Scooby-Doo van at Traffic and Conversion Summit, which was a blast, by the way, um, hanging out with you, the conference, uh, yeah, conference was just okay. I don't know. Those guys at Digital Marketer, that was Clarion, they don't really know how to put together conferences, do they? <laughs> they don't know how to throw a party. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Sorry, unfortunately snoop dog got covid so uh magic johnson filled in martha stewart was there and you were there rocking it on the stage there which was pretty awesome to see and <laughs> you said all of those things as if they were equal
1: it's no big deal martha stewart magic johnson Cossum. Cossum.
0: yeah that's right same, same. and uh, well you're you're right up there you're elevating your status but i i think you're in a very unique position because you saw probably more of these talks than i did at tnc i mean The Tuesday of my talk, I was kind of mildly freaking out because I realized that there was some kind of like Apple update and all of a sudden I (laughs) lost one of my presentations temporarily for two or three hours. So those two or three hours were a bit of panic. Thankfully, I had it on a USB drive. Note to self or note to you, if you're ever doing a presentation, back that sucker up in as many places as you possibly can but the revisions I had made on Monday suddenly disappeared on Tuesday. But I did find it about an hour or so before I talked. So I did miss some of those talks on Tuesday. We both saw the the Ryan Dice opener, which I think is a, is a great uh, one to even revisit and, and talk to yet again because there's so much in there to deconstruct. But I think one of the things is from TNC is like, traffic is not the same as it once was. And what is really now, and this was, I believe, the first episode, now that I'm thinking about this, this was the first episode of Perpetual Traffic, which was the future of paid traffic. Hmm. Now, I would like to say today we should be talking about the future of traffic just in general, because it doesn't necessarily need to be paid. I think there's, even though organic reach on, on Facebook is pretty much dead, we can Write that one is, off. Is almost there entirely. such a thing as organic I don't even Facebook know reach? if there is. Yeah, when we post on our page at tier eleven, we get like two people that see it. So I don't know. Either we really suck, or organic really is dead. I'd like to think it's the 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 latter, not the former. But the point is, is like there's a lot of traffic that's out there still, but it's changed. And it's changed fundamentally in the last three to six months. Obviously, you from the Google side, us from like the the social media. And conversion architecture, which is after the click side as well. But like let's talk about that here today and how that related back to maybe a lot of the talks that you saw. Let's take the dice guy out of it. But you were in a lot of really, really good talks. You probably had one of the best rooms there was because I think you hand-selected like, some of the better uh, speakers. That's why I didn't speak in your room. I-, I think now <laughs> I realize that putting two two together here,
1: Clarence, smarter. I than just didn't want to be for. upstaged as all. I was like, I can't have Ralph here.
0: Yeah, that's good. So so what was your take on that? I mean, what does traffic look like according to some of the folks that were on stage there? Like, What are your thoughts overall? Because I think a lot of people are, they're pressing that panic button a bit in the last three to six months. I think TNC was a good place to reset that, get some new ideas, figure out some solutions and figure out what the next steps are. So what are your impressions of it at this point in time?
1: You're going to have to protect me for myself, Ralph. So if I start to go off the rails, just we'll have like a safe word or something. I'll Fine say now. dice. There you go. Dice. That's better. <laughs> it's never coming back. And everybody needs to know that. Everybody's been super romantic about the way they made their money for a really long time. And I hear it from all angles. Oh, that's great, great performing Facebook campaign. How do, we, how do we fix it to where it did what it was doing? Or, or our YouTube account or, or Google or whatever. Our SEO. Like... All the things have changed permanently, and we have to move forward. And so for those of you that are trying to resuscitate whatever it is that you had, it's dead. It's not dying, it's dead. And there are elements of it that you could, if you want to disembowel and dismember this, this, this carcass that you're looking at and bring forward some of, of what was working, I think that there, there could be some wisdom there, but you're going to just beat your head against the wall if, if you try to completely replicate what you had. And I know you said that we're not going to bring up the, the, the Ryan thing, but I, I, I want to just briefly to, to set the stage for the discussion because I think Ryan said the most brilliant thing that could be said. And if you don't mind me saying, Ralph, this is going to sound mildly arrogant. This has, been, this has been a mantra of mine for a really long time. Ryan said that it's time to focus on the principles of marketing. I wrote a book in 2017 called The Seven Critical Principles of Effective Digital Marketing. And, and I, I mirrored it because I'm obsessed with him off of Stephen Covey's Seven Habits. And Covey talks a lot about principles as a paradigm, the character ethic versus the personality ethic, etc. And the whole quick fix, hack, tips, tricks, BS, like it's, it's done. And we need to now focus on making marketing a, a real endeavor. It's no longer like a, a back alley just pull rabbits out of your hat. Anybody can learn over the weekend thing. It's, it's something that needs to be invested in and, and, and nurtured and cultivated. And it always has been that way. But, but the hackers were, they were really able to make some headway. And their day is done. And, and, and that maybe is one of the most annoying soapboxes I want to jump on real quick and then I'll shut up. Man, I, I hate the gurus. I hate them. Yeah. I, I, I hate them. And I, I think they should all be... Strip naked, tarred, feathered, and paraded through every major city to apologize and atone for their sins. Because if somebody's selling education and they don't actually do this for a living, that's what I love about Digital Marketer. That's One of their their, their slogans for a long time is, we actually do this stuff. Mm. Um, And if you're listening to this, stop stop buying the courses. Stop it. I mean, if there's somebody out there that actually does it, go learn from them for sure. But some of these freaking jokers, man, and I won't say any names because it's such an incestuous industry. (laughs) And I don't want to get in trouble, but it's easy to spot. You know what I mean? Like it's easy to spot the people that don't really do it. And, and, and 90% of their courses aren't, aren't actually, they're not consumed anyway. So it's easy for them to get away with it because they've just got a lot of flash bang, whiz bang, whatever's right. And all of that's done. Like, like we need to focus on marketing. Like it's like, it's any other, like it's accounting, like it's a type of thing that you actually have to follow the rules for and invest in over the long term. You need to know Gap. You need to know GAP.
0: That's exactly right. Whatever the G- analogy AAP. is for marketing. generally accepted accounting, accounting principles. Accounting practices, yeah. Right. Well, I mean, I've got some bad news knowledge. for you, by the way. Hmm. You have become a guru. <laughs> As I've, I've had to accept myself loathing long ago, so it's hmm. fine. It, it factors perfectly. Now, coming from someone who denies being a guru, which I, I hate the term too because it's such bullcrap, because it denotes exactly what you're talking about in a lot of ways. And we've seen a lot of charlatans out there for nobody knows what a charlatan is. It's basically, it's a faker. And there's a lot of them. And that was funny because the day that I was mildly freaking out about my TNC presentation, my VP of marketing was watching a lot of other talks, not to name any names, but there were some people that were up there that were just blathering on about like generalized marketing principles. Like you have to put the right message in front of the right person. Like I get that, but like, tell me how go tactical, get a little deeper. Don't show me a Shopify tactic from 2017. It's 2021 for Christ's sake. I mean, I was showing some screenshots from April of this year and I felt bad about that in my presentation, even though we we talked about iOS and talked about it head on and all the stuff that we're dealing with right now. So the point is, is like, how do you, as a, Guru, sorry. As someone who is a a subject matter expert, let's try that instead of guru. How does someone differentiate between a a guru and somebody who actually knows what they're doing? How do you not get duped? And I know there's a lot of folks that listen to the show that are still kind of new at this. I mean, we've got some more advanced people, and I think it's important to go back to the basics no matter what. But the point is, is like, how do you find who is the right ones and who isn't? What would be your filter?
1: I'm just going to brainstorm here with you a little bit. Maybe we can build the filter together. The easy red flags are linguistic in construct. It's, it's semantics. So like the, the, the dollar a day YouTube strategy, that type of thing should be immediately be a red flag. Because if somebody's making making any money running ads for a buck a day, then you have to question why it is that they're selling education. Now, interestingly, th- there are some really good lead ins with things like that. So don't discard them in its entirety. Dennis, you actually, now that I think about it, has a dollar a day Facebook strategy. I really like Dennis. I think he's a super sharp guy. Hmm. Dennis has a phenomenal agency. He knows what he's doing. So don't discard well, somebody. He inside. does it. He does it. So, there's a that's the key. Okay. So I wouldn't discard them out of hand because they have clickbait titles, but I would, I, would put your, I would put your wall up. But what you just said, Ralph, I think is the most important thing. Do they perform this function, this task, on a regular basis, them or someone on their team? Is there, is there an agency or an executor or are they an in-house marketer for something that would allow them to be a believable – Ray Dalio talks about this a lot in his book Principles, relying on the believable party because everybody's got an opinion – Opinions are like rectums, as they say. Everyone's got them. Everybody's got them, and they all stink. Um, who's the believable party in the room, and 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 mm-hmm. what is it about them that makes them believable? It's not. And man, here's what sucks about listening to thought leaders. And I, I fall into this category, by the way. It's not the smartest guy that gets the gig. It's 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 the showman, mm-hmm. right? It's like the best orator, whoever puts the sure. best spin on it, or who can say it. To, so really, the smartest guys and gals are probably like deep, dark, cave-dwelling, nocturnal, over-caffeinated, don't want to talk to people, and don't actually want to be on stage. The people you get to hear from are the egocentric, I have the sad, pathetic personality trait that just loves attention. And so that's, that's why I'm here, and that's why you have to contend with the information that I'm offering you. Mm-hmm. I do have the benefit of saying, I have the number one Google Ads agency on the planet. And we've got 160 clients and 50 employees, and we've been doing this for 15 years or however long it's been. And, and, and that pedigree, I think, uh, at least allows me some level of believability. But there are people out there that are more believable than I am. I'll, I'll name one, actually. Here's a competitor of mine who's, who's smarter than I am, Ed Leak. He's out of the UK. Super sharp mm-hmm. guy. He sells education. He actually does it on a, on a regular basis. Now, he's not taking on any more clients, which is why I'm comfortable name dropping him. Mm-hmm. Good. Um, well but, done. But go, go find people that do it. And most of those people don't sell education. So you have yeah. to find the people. It's that apex. It's like they actually do this and they're willing to tell you what it is that they do that's the education to go in and, and consume.
0: Mm-hmm. Couldn't agree more. I think uh, there is a component of, I always sort of think to myself, like who's the competition for what we do? And it's some guy in his basement somewhere. It doesn't get out, doesn't have a, a podcast and just is figuring this crap out like in a crazy like algorithmic way and he's a mad scientist and you'd never see him on a stage and you'd probably never actually come out with an info product but like that's the competition that's the competition Mm -hmm. because we're basically competing against in a lot of ways embedded biases as to how things have always been done and the reason i say that is that it was actually a subject of one of our calls yesterday, one of our group calls, where we do like breakout sessions in Zoom, which is really cool. I don't know if you've ever really done that, but you can break people out into sessions in smaller groups. Like we've got a big Zoom call, like we've got like 40, 50 people on the thing. And then we break out into these smaller groups and we talk about it. And it was all about biases. And it was led by our, our VP of innovation, who was on the show back on episode 324, who's somebody who actually is doing this stuff, by the way. He's not like just a figurehead. Go back and listen to that episode for sure. The point was, is like I think we're battling against that all the time too, because there's things that are happening, like something that worked in 2017 doesn't work anymore. Mm-hmm. Although like we came out with all kinds of whiz-bang tactics and strategies and, and names of stuff. Like We came out with the Michigan method. We came out with the e ad amplifier and all these things that really did work well. Now, do we use parts of those and still what we do today... Yes, we absolutely do. But is that is the next tactic? Nobody has the solution for iOS 14 and 15. Okay. I'm going to tell you that right now. Unless they're actually going back through and like hacking the system and they've got some crazy ass way of doing it. I'd like to know exactly what it is. And if you have that solution, email me directly at Ralph at tier11.com and I will be sure to vet it. But the point is, is like, now, what are you going to do about it? Unless you have a hack, oh, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Supposedly. Just, just, so, so, just to sound
1: by for you, Ralph, I have a horrible idea, but keep, keep going. I just want it's to true. plant the
0: seed. We, we have to make sure that is Facebook compliant. That's the killer thing. If Facebook is listening, we're not doing customs hack as of right now. So anyway, so here we are talking about no hacks and you bring up a hack. Oh, my God. You're such a guru all of a sudden. Such a guru. Look I know. such a
1: hypocrite. Yeah. yeah
0: total hypocrite. So we're battling against biases of things that maybe we've done in the past and didn't work. And now maybe they should be tested again or re looked at. And everyone has biases. Everyone has like certain ways of looking at things. If you're saying, Oh, I'm the most unbiased person in the world. Well, that means that you are biased towards the fact that you're unbiased. You know what I mean? Like we all carry biases as, as humans. So how do you get around all these solutions and how do you look at things a little bit differently? And I think, the gurus just have like a one size fits all, like this is what you're gonna need to do in order for this to work. Well, the one dollar a day Facebook strategy that Dennis Hugh advocates is a good one, but it's one of many things. It's like well, a way he to builds test. on it, he uses right. he that he to kind of attract it. your attention and then builds on it, right? Sure. It's not the be all end-all, it's not how he runs all his campaigns. I'm I'm fairly certain that is the case. So so how do you actually how do you break through that and and how do you break through your own biases to be able to innovate and come up with solutions to the problems to ultimately move this whole thing forward? Because this is, after all, we're talking about the future of traffic here.
1: Oh, I, I, I can't answer your question properly because I think I'm the worst at it. I'm, I distrust Google so much. When Google rolls out, like they actually just had, a, they had an article they posted today. At the time of this recording, it's September 23rd, as I'm looking at this. And on September 23rd, 2021, Google posts an article that says matching the most relevant keyword to every search. And in the article, they go on to say that they're using machine learning in order to improve the uh, understanding of search intent and predictability and how keywords match. That's an exact quote. And they want you to use broad match with smart bidding, which is something we call broad automation. Now, I use broad match and smart bidding, and it works. It works more often than I would have expected, but I read this article, I roll my eyes, and I'm instantly about to slack my team and say, oh, look at the BS that Google rolled out, can you believe that people fall for this, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, when really the scientific method would dictate that I need to test this first before instantly indicting it conceptually. Correct. Correct. But I've been bit so many times, it's hard to, I mean, humans are, we're, we're, we're pattern recognition machines, even when pattern isn't, patterns aren't necessarily there. And I think, I mean, that's, that's a couple hundred thousand years of evolution at play. Sure. Like you had to start to try to identify patterns because if you didn't, you died. And, and now we need to go against the grain a little bit and get a little more scientific in our thinking. And man, I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to undo the Pavlov's dog response that I have every time somebody gives me a bad piece of advice that came directly from Google. mm mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think it's the and I hate to get too esoteric on a show that's pretty tactical overall, but I do think it's important because the tactics come from new ways of thinking like the the reason why we come on here and we say, Oh, this is working really well is because we've actually, you know, pushed aside our previous biases and done something different than what we've always done, and came Mm -hmm. up with an innovation, which means there's going to be a lot of failure along the way. Great example yesterday not to call out my team, but I'm going to, is that our Facebook partner manager, and you know, we have a call with her every two weeks, and she mentioned lead ads. She's like, yeah, well, lead ads are, are great, and a lot of agencies that are in your space are starting to rethink them and utilizing them for front-end lead gen because you're staying within this, the, the, the environment, you're staying within the app in this it's case. populated Pre populated, all these other, there's all these benefits to it. And my team immediately poo pooed it. And so, oh, I'll do that. No, no, no. That's just total crap. And I said, well, wait a second here. Like, those are preconceived notions and those are biases and things that maybe didn't work in the past, but now we should at least reconsider it. Because what I've found within Facebook, especially, is that they come out with something, it's kind of crappy. It sort of kind of works, and then it gets better over time. So if you come out and try it when it's kind of crappy, like I remember when Power Editor, I'm really dating myself now, Power (laughs) Editor came out. Everyone hated it, and but then slowly but surely it got better and better and better and better. And then when they took it away, I don't remember exactly when. It was like a year and a half, two years ago. People were like, oh, my God, I can't believe they're getting rid of Power Editor. Like it became an integrated part of your life. Hmm. And I remember how I did it it was by not me dictating to them. I said, I got together our smartest media buyers. I said, I, got, I want you guys to try this and tell me what you think and just set everything aside and give me feedback on it. And then we're going to retest it in two months, three months, six months. And that became a part of everything that we did. So the point is, is that those biases were embedded on some new technology that we didn't want to use. And then it ended up like, was absolutely scaling our business 10x because we could now manage so much more. It was this tiny little innovation that everyone on my team was like, oh, there's no way I'd ever do that. It's like you're yeah. fighting against that. So lead ads yesterday was yet another one. You know, oh, well, it takes too long. Like the, the integration with the sync doesn't work quite as well. The zap, I'm constantly dealing with zaps all the time. And the email addresses suck and all this other sort of stuff. And my partner manager was like, I don't know, you need to do that or you can keep dealing with iOS and as a potential alternate. And then I said, well, isn't one of our largest customers using lead ads? Wow. And it's true, they actually were and still are. And they realized that maybe 20, 30% of those leads are crap because it's an old email address or something like that. But the leads are so cheap and the integration is good enough, even though it does take some work, that it's helping them scale and grow. So I look at just an example like that. I'm not saying that tier 11 isn't on the cutting edge. We absolutely are. But my point is, is like, we have our own biases as well. Cause I mean, like you say, we are, we are creatures of habit, but we're also creatures of exclusion. It's Like I need to focus on these things. Like if I focus on too many things, I'm too distracted. I do need to actually focus on, and if I bring all these other things in, like it's going to be hard. And it's going to take more time. And then I'm going to be wasting time. And then it's going to be uncomfortable because I'm not really going to be knowing what I'm doing, but that's innovation. Hmm. And that's, that's the kind of stuff that we really need to look at. Like your, your hot jar Zapier guru trick.
1: Like, can um, I, can I air that out Ralph a little bit or is it dangerous to do? Go for it. All right. So just anybody listening, first of all, we don't know if this is compliant, or if you're going to get slapped on the wrist. Honestly, we have no if the, idea if it works at scale. So my, my agency doesn't run Facebook need, ads. Like,
0: you know what we need? We need a lawyer to come on to here. What yeah. you'll hear right now from Casa is not necessarily endorsed <laughs> by Major League Baseball or by per- perpetual traffic. Go ahead. It's <laughs> not <laughs>
1: perpetual traffic approved. So we've done this for ourselves. We haven't done it at scale at all. But we've fixed... The, the iOS blind spot to some degree, and here's how we did it. And I'm going to do my best to try to explain it in the least technical terms possible, but it is a, it is a technical fix. When somebody clicks on a Facebook ad, Facebook, Facebook through the URL delivers something called the Facebook click ID, which is the unique identifier used to identify that click on that ad at that time by that. The Facebook click ID is how Facebook knows what took place, when, where, etc. Now, when they click on the ad and go to the site, the funnel, the page, whatever. That's where Facebook's visibility stops because of the iOS update. So Apple basically said, we're gonna stop giving this information. So now Facebook can't see, they're blind. And in order to fix it, Facebook rolled out something called the Facebook Conversion API, where when somebody converts, so they bought, they scheduled, they fill out your form, whatever. Now you have all their information. In addition to their information, you have the Facebook Click ID. And you can use the Facebook Conversion API to port that information back into Facebook and say, hey, Ralph clicked on my ad, went to my site, took this action. And so you append that, that action basically to the conversion event that's appropriate inside of Facebook, and you only get eight. And, and now you've, you've brought in Facebook's visibility. Here's the problem. It, if you're only doing it on a completed conversion, you, you, Facebook still can't see the entirety of the funnel. They can see the tippity top, the ad they saw, and they can see the very bottom, the thing that they did. But from the top to the bottom is this entire middle area, which is maybe the most important area. It's why Facebook has had difficulty optimizing campaigns up until this point. So here's what we did. We used Hotjar and you don't have to use Hotjar, by the way, you can custom code this JavaScript, whatever. If you're smarter than I am, I'm an idiot. I needed Hotjar. We used Hotjar, which is a screen recording software to identify predictive indicators of intent. These are things like time on site, number of pages viewed. Maybe they went to my pricing page. They watch X amount of a video, et cetera. Hotjar does a really good job at giving you ideas as to who an engaged user is. The other thing Hotjar does is it captures the entirety of the URL. So here's where it gets ninja. And, and forgive me if, if I lose people here for just a second. We use Zapier, which is triggered by whatever event we define. So the predictive indicator of intent. So the person hasn't converted yet, but it's like, hey, they, they were on, they, they viewed three pages and they went to my plans and pricing page. I think this is an engaged user. So using Zapier, we pull the Facebook click ID and push it back into Facebook and append it to a conversion action that we create specifically for that predictive indicator of intent, which would be different for every campaign. And maybe you have multiple. And what that did is it gave Facebook the ability to begin optimizing our campaigns. We're basically lying to Facebook. We're giving it a false positive. But we're giving it a false positive that is only 50% false, right? Because the, the person is obviously engaged to, to a degree that's adequate for our purposes. Here's where the rubber met the road. We had a $90 cost per lead pre-fix. We have a $30 cost per lead now. So we were able to increase the efficacy to a point to where we are more or less where we were pre-IOS. Now, will this work at scale? I have no idea. And I'm not going to test it. Because <laughs> well, we don't have a do conversion. Enough-